Entrepreneurs often have similar characteristics. Energy, passion, vision. But why do some soar to success while others struggle to climb? Less than 2% of women-owned businesses in North America ever achieve a million dollars a year in annual revenue. Why is that? And how do we dramatically increase that number? Welcome to Breakthrough with your host, Sarah Roach-Lewis. Sarah offers conversations with the ambitious women entrepreneurs in that 2% to help you break through. Now, here is Sarah Roach-Lewis. Well, hello, ambitious one. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Breakthrough. Perhaps you have a bold or a secret desire to hit the million-dollar mark and beyond in your business. You may be well on your way or just starting out. Regardless, this is the show for you. I am so pleased to welcome my guest, Martha Van Inwingen. I just need to tell you a little bit about Martha so you can be as excited as I am for this interview. Martha is the founder, president, and chief alchemist at Life Elements, Inc., a woman-owned minority certified company based in California. She has created and continues to create nature-based formulations for the Life Elements body care product lines. Now, Martha grew up in Mexico in a town where having shoes was a luxury and medicine was often unavailable. She'd collect flowers and herbs with her grandparents to make medicine. And then she moved to the U.S. with her parents and five siblings when she was six. She never attended formal college, but co-founded the engineering services firm Bonafide in San Diego, which she helped to grow to 40 employees in three years and then sold in 2001. She then founded Life Elements, which became a small business incubator, creating natural body care products. After launching a CBD line of body care products in 2018, she has just reached a million dollars in sales this year. And this week, later this week, she's going to be featured at the Founder Made Discovery Show in Santa Monica. So first, Martha, welcome and congratulations. Thank you. Gosh, you made me sound so good. <laughs> well, it's, it's a pretty impressive story. So let's jump in. Where does this drive to succeed come from for you? You know, I've thought about that often, and I've always just been very competitive. Uh, Growing up in school, I was into sports, you know, and again, uh, very competitive in baseball, uh, basketball, volleyball, everything. And it's just this drive that's come from within. And I don't, if I wish I could pinpoint it, but it just, it's a need to succeed And, you know, a lot of folks might think that's, um, for a woman, that's a little bit too ambitious, but I've always had that desire to, if I'm going to start something, I'm going to finish it. And if I'm going to do it, I better do it well. So, um, you know, it's just within. Okay. So tell me about this. You know, I was reading that and uh, I would imagine that starting an engineering firm, you need to have an engineering degree. (laughs) So. Tell me a little bit about that path. I mean, you scaled that business so quickly. What were some of those key ingredients? We did. Um, you know, that was uh, back in 1998 is when we started the company. And it started with just two employees, my partner and myself. And it's one of those things, again, where you start down this path and you have to uh reevaluate the business, reevaluate where the direction where it's going. And we had actually started as a, as a technology recruiting firm and then found ourselves with our clients asking us to develop product. And so I didn't have the engineering background. I like to say that I'm dangerous enough because uh, in that, uh, you know, everything that I know is through osmosis, hanging out with engineers, talking about bits and bytes, um, algorithms and things. I learned enough to talk about it, but I talked about it in a layman's terms. And so when I went to clients, my, you know, and, and, um, spoke with them, they understood what we were trying to tell them in terms of this is how we're going to build your website, this is how we're going to build your database. And so that was my forte. Uh, I am not an engineer. So I became more of the business uh, side of the um, of the company and also sales and marketing. And that's how, you know, and I did that for 25 years, actually, before I started uh, Bonafide Development. And then we, like us, as my um, resume says, you know, we grew that pretty quickly. Um, that was during the dot-com era. So we were very fortunate. 
And so did you grow that, you know, strategically knowing that you were growing to sell? Yes. At the time, yes, because again, it was the dot-com era and there was, a, you know, it was, uh, we were in this bubble and everybody was selling. Um, but first and foremost, it, we had to start the company and have it be sustainable, um, being able to hire and grow slowly. What we thought was going to be grow, uh, slow, but, you know, <laughs> the clients just kept coming and coming. And so um, it, we did strategically start um, realizing that maybe we had a real viable business and that somebody um, might you know, be looking at us. And so um, we just kind of put it out there quietly. And one of our clients actually ended up approaching us and buying us out. Wow. And so then when you had that opportunity that was sold, were you immediately thinking, I'm ready for my next business? <laughs> well, it's funny. So part of that, um, this is, we're going to get into a little woohoo kind of stuff. Um, when we decided that we were going to sell that company, I had started learning about feng shui. Do you know what feng shui is? Yes, it's but give the, us the Coles notes. Yeah, real quickly, it's the placement of... Um, of energy around you. So everything that's around you, the way that you place your chair or, you know, imagery behind you, in front of you, what you're looking at, it's kind of manifestation. And so we said, okay, we want to sell this. So we feng shuied, I hired a feng shui consultant and feng shuied our offices. And so she came in and we rearranged furniture, we rearranged employees, we put vision um, boards up and everything. And, you know, within a couple of months, that's when we were approached um, to sell the company. So after that, I was just fascinated. I'm like, mm -hmm. what is this? So I actually went to um, school to learn more about feng shui and became a consultant for a little bit in that. And from that, um, I started thinking, okay, how can I grow this business? And what do my clients need? And I started... Um, offering other products so it's like if they needed imagery you know i would work with them to find the right um uh, photographs or the right artwork and things like that and so it just kind of grew like that that way and that's how i started developing products it was always in the back of my mind that i wanted to get into natural product manufacturing you know making my own and so as part of that, I even created a little children's line called Dream Buddies. And they were these little stuffed toys, um, stuffed bears, and we'd put aromatherapy in them so that when they hugged them, you know, it, it would soothe them. And, and I created little sprays, and that's how it started. And was there that natural connection back to your youth and some of those things that you learned with your grandparents? Definitely. Yes. Everything, um, you know, the, where I grew up, it was a little town. It wasn't a metropolis or anything. It was a village, a uh, hundred families. Uh, and from there, you know, it was, we grew corn. That was the main staple of uh, corn, beans, tortillas. Um, and so everything that we had um, came from the backyard or came from the hills, or, you know, or the neighbors. My grandmother made everything that we needed because we didn't have doctors nearby. We didn't have um, clinics. And so anytime that, you know, we had a cough, we had a cold, she would just go to the backyard and start creating medicinal um, potions. And so that just stuck with me. And uh, when I came to the United States, I was giving all kinds of medications and, you know, it was very different. And so that was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to create, go back to my roots and create natural products. Wow. So then you've created this company called Life Elements and you've mm -hmm. really done that. Um, what was the inspiration to then go into the CBDs? Well, my daughter, actually, I have, um, I have a grown daughter. And ever since, you know, since she was a young little months old, she's had anxiety. Um, you know, when she was younger, we'd go into large crowds, and she would just start shaking. And I didn't know how to control that. Um, and we eventually got her diagnosed that it was severe anxiety, you know. Um, and so as she grew up, she started, um, 
smoking um, marijuana and that calmed her down a lot. And then I started reading more about it. And so it was um, my daughter that actually said, maybe you should start looking into developing the CBD products because it does help people. And so we started down that path. We started with um, developing marijuana-based uh, CBD topicals and we found that they worked. However, the laws are still very gray at the time because this was in 2015 when we started the development of the products. The, the laws still weren't in place, especially here in our, we're in our area, our city, um, for the permits and everything. So we switched over, I switched the formulations over to CBD hemp-derived, which is legal, of course, here in, you know, in the United States and in Canada. And so that made it far easier to get to market. And so we launched the hemp-derived CBD uh, line in March of last year, uh, 2018. <laughs> yeah. And so, but it was, you know, due to personal reasons that I created it. Wow. Yeah. And so is that a theme sort of that you see is, you know, finding, seeing that need, um, that personal experience, and then bringing that into your business? It is because one of the first lines that we actually created was a couple's uh, line. It was called CNM Couples. It was all natural aromatherapy based. And I created that um, for Kurt and myself, my husband. Uh, we were both traveling. Um, I kind of took a hiatus from Life Elements and went to help a friend of mine um, grow his technology company for a couple of years. And then, of course, I said, okay, I'm done. I got to go back to, to what I need to be doing. And so during that time, though, I was traveling at least three um, three. Oops, sorry. Okay. I was traveling a lot, and so was my husband. He was working for a technology company. And so at the end of the week, we'd come together, and it was kind of awkward trying to reconnect. And I said, you know, we really need like to light candles, set the romantic mood. But there wasn't anything on the market. Everything was at an adult store, and it was all cheesy, and it all smelled super perfumed and fragranced, you know, and I didn't like cherry and I didn't <laughs> like pina colada. You know? So I said, okay, this is what we need to develop. There really wasn't anything on the market that was all natural. And so that's where I started it. And again, that was from a personal need of mine and um, Kurt's. And so uh, we launched that and that was successful until um, the economy tanked, you know, here in 2007. And then we pivoted and relaunched something else. <laughs> so tell me about that. Uh, you know, have there been those times in your business where due to those, whatever that timing may look like for you, where you've had to say, oh, this isn't working anymore. What are we going to do now? Oh, definitely. So uh, with the CNM products line, what happened was, I mean, like I said, we were successful. We were in uh, very luxurious resorts and spas um, across the, the U.S. Uh, and when the economy tanked in 2007, we were left with all this inventory uh, that, you know, in our, in our warehouse. And so it's like, what do you do? So we took a look at everything that we had and we said, okay, what is really selling and why is it selling? So there was one piece of that, um, you know, there was 12 different product line. And one of those products was an intimacy towelette, believe it or not. And, um, and people loved it. It was all natural. And they were already starting to take that product outside of the bedroom and asking us, hey, can you kind of rename this? Can you repackage it into a more outdoorsy um, looking product? And so that was when we launched a product called Action Wipes. We donated all the other product and just focused on that one. So that was a big pivot for us. And so in 2008, we relaunched that one single product um, and so that was our bread and butter for many years. Wow. And how did you make that decision? Was that very sort of strategic and looking at your finances and saying, uh, you know, this is, the, this is the line that's making the most amount on our, on our, our, of our revenues, so we 
regardless of how much we love all these other things, we have to get rid of them? Um, actually, no. <laughs> it was, um, and let me tell you how, how that got started, is that, again, we took a look at what we had, and it was a lot. You know, it was either we get out of this business, go back to, to, to something that I knew, which was technology, and I really didn't want to do that, and I was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to a local entrepreneur, this gentleman who had been very successful in launching companies and selling them, and I asked if he would be my mentor. And so I asked, I said, you know, Eric, would you mind mentoring me and telling me how I can change this, you know? I either have to throw this product away, go back to work and give up my dream. But what, you know, what would you think? So he said, bring all the products to my house tomorrow and let's look at them. And he asked me, what is, you know, what is resonating with people? And I said, this towelette. And and it's funny in that he too thought, he goes, there's something here. Like, what do you use this for? And so I told him, I said, but at the same time, people are starting to take it out. So he gave me that great piece of advice. And he said, Martha, if this product works, people will buy it. Change the name. You know, create a new website, change the name. But I was out of funding. And I said, you know, how can I do that? It's, you know, I don't have any funding left. He goes, just bootstrap it. Just create a label. Tape it over your current label, which is what we did. I I changed the name real quick to Action Wipes. And we created the labels on our inkjet printer. We tape them over the old, um, over the old label, and that's how we started. I popped up a website through Yahoo real quick myself. I did everything myself, and I just put the story out there. I said, "Look, this is what they were, and this is what they are now." And uh, the other piece of advice he said, "You know, just put your truth out there. Don't ever lie. Don't ever." Don't try to fool the public because they will know. Just put it out there. So we did. We put the full story out there and people fell in love with that and they fell in love with the product. Martha, that is a perfect place for us to pause for a commercial break. And we will be right back after just a few words from our sponsors. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's Sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough. We're back. It's Sarah Roach-Lewis with Breakthrough, and I'm here with Martha Van Inwigen. And we were just talking before the break about amazing advice she got from a mentor that was to just speak your truth. So tell me a little bit more about that, Martha. Is that something that has has really stayed with you over these several uh, decades that you've been doing this? Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, it's one of the things that people love about us is that we're very transparent. We're, um, we, we're authentic. Um, we don't, you know, try to pull anything over anybody. Um, we're, we, well, I believe that we're really genuine and that's what resonates with folks. You know, when you're trying to look at a differentiator, that's part of what our differentiator is, you know, especially in this market now that's just being flooded. 
And really, you are in in a market where there's so much happening, and that's one of those things that's been able to to keep you um, to keep you above the fray. So, you know, one of the things that I is sort of near and dear to my heart. My husband and I own a a tuna charter business, so he's a commercial fisherman. And so we we do this business together. And one of the things I was thinking about when you're talking about your success in engineering is that you were able to speak that language um, in in that lay person's terms. So when Scott and I started uh, this business, he was doing sales at first, and we just had to stop that because, um, you know, he would go into these, like, super details about, like, the size (laughs) of the hooks people were going to catch their fish on. No, no, they they just want to know, like, what harbor to go to sort of thing. So for us, we've been able to be very clear in this little business that we run together. I take care of the land, and he takes care of the sea. So um, we're going to introduce Kurt, um, Martha's husband, who's also um, her co-founder. And I'd love to hear a little bit, Kirk, maybe from you to start, about what is this like when you are living and working together? Yeah, Kurt. <laughs> so it's not easy, and it's not, and I don't mean that in uh, it's it's a pain in the the ass kind of thing. It's it's something that takes work, and uh, I think it really starts with. I've said this before. Before we got married, we actually went to counseling, um, and that helped us learn how to communicate with each other in a. Um, a, a truthful and open way. And so we uh, respect each other's boundaries. And I think that's also at the heart of it is we have a tremendous amount of respect for each other and what, what we're good at and what we're not. And so we, we try and talk through things. Sometimes we, we just raise our hands and go, okay, I'll, you go with what you think and, and I trust you that way. And then other times we, we agree just wholeheartedly that this is a better way to do it. And so it takes a little bit of respect and it takes really good communication and it takes work. But it's worth it. (laughs) So tell me a little bit then about, you know, when you talk about those boundaries, because not only are you looking at boundaries within what are the roles in your business, there's Mm -hmm. also those boundaries of we're hanging out now as a couple or are, or are, is it always fluid? It's, it's, it's very <laughs> it's fluid. You know, both, yeah. My, my rule is I don't like to talk about business right before bed. <laughs> I, I, I don't like to, to have conflict of any sort. So if we're going to get into a long, deep conversation about our kids, our finances, landscaping, or the business, I don't want to do that right before we're going to sleep. So that's kind of my rule. Um, And you just need to decide on those rules. And if we're going out on a date, you know, we, we may have some rules, but we also like to talk about business. So typically if we're going out and, uh, you know, it's inevitably leads to business, but it's more about kind of brainstorming as opposed to actions. Right. Right. Yeah, we have fun thinking about what the future could be. Yeah, and here at work, you know, he has his role and I have my role. And um, they're so different that it just works. You know, he has his expertise, I have mine. And so it's a great combination. And so in that, do you have those times? And I, I, I totally get that, that idea of, you, you know, there's, there's so much about our businesses that we love and there is that integration. Uh, do you then also have more formal times where you're looking at, okay, strategically, what does the next year, what does the next quarter look like? And do you have those sorts of more formalized meetings within your kind of work life? We try to. Martha doesn't like <laughs> meetings. They're like, well, let's just do it. So we do. Uh, I mean, that's my background. I was a corporate executive with a marketing agency and project planning and things like that. So I'm a little bit more of a structured approach. And so we do try and have, we're going to sit down and have a meeting. And we try and do that with our staff as well, which is to keep them abreast of what we're doing because we're kind of running around all over the place and I think it's important for your team no matter how small it is to know what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it and so that has actually instilled a great deal of uh, 
respect from the staff because they love understanding what the bigger picture is and, and it makes them feel part of, you know, the craziness that, that we're going through. So Martha, tell me a little bit about your staff. How many people do you have on staff now? We, are, we have six full-time employees, and now that we're getting close to the holidays, of course, that's going to go up. We usually hire another, we'll be at about nine to 12 um, folks during the holidays because it just gets crazy during that time, but we have our core right now is six. Okay. And so I'm curious to hear from, from both of you. Um, this idea that you're entirely self-funded, was that, um, was that a strategic decision or how did, that, how did that come to be? It has been, although we have looked at um, outside funding or we've thought about it, but I'll let Kurt talk about that because, um, you know, we keep going back and forth and because he's running more of the financial side of the house now. Yeah, I think it's important to understand that, you know, this milestone that, that uh, we've achieved is, and Martha's achieved, is really the, the, the result of almost 13 years. You know, we, we are telling people we're a 13-year overnight sensation. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing because, how that yeah, happens, right? You know, um, and so we started out, we, we had both had very good jobs. We had saved money. Um, and so we were using that money to fund the business. And then as the business kept pivoting or changing, uh, we started to dip into reserves. And so we did, uh, we did uh, take a, a loan, a friends and family loan from some friends and we're paying that off. But we, every time we got to that point where we felt we needed an investor, um, we decided to pull back and wait another quarter because every quarter the numbers go up. And we are interested in investment, but we're not interested in taking a check. We are very interested as a manufacturing brand uh, with investors that have real strategic impact. So that could be somebody that uh, has a portfolio of brands and they, they're into a lot of retail shops, that distribution kind of end of it or we are a niche type of product that fits into a larger portfolio and they can just roll us out uh, in line with their other companies. It could be something where the manufacturing, we are a manufacturing company and we did not come from manufacturing backgrounds. So that's a very expensive proposition to acquire all those uh, um, production machinery and things like that. So there's an investor that has a production facility that we can leverage. That would be good too. And those are the things that are interesting for us. But right now, profit-wise, we're paying off all our loans. We're reinvesting. Uh, reinvesting. We're cash yeah, we positive. Do. And that's something that we haven't had to be able to pay ourselves uh, in mm -hmm. a, a while. 12 years. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's so fascinating, right? Because we – we see these measures of success, like you said at the beginning, uh, what I read, may, you know, you, you said, wow, that makes me sound so amazing or whatever it was. And, <laughs> and the fact is, this is an amazing story. And what is so wonderful is how it is an evolving story. And it is this idea that, you know, it's taking you 13 years to be this overnight success. How are you, and hitting seven figures is a, an amazing milestone. How are, do you plan to celebrate that? Well, <laughs> did we celebrate yet? No, we haven't celebrated yet. Um, it's, a, it's a milestone and it, and it deserves some success. So, uh, we're as as you know, we're in the middle of this rebrand, which is going to uh, be public uh, very shortly. The, the website it'll actually manifest itself in the updated website and the full photos of all the new products and the way they look at the beginning of November. Um, and once we get through that, we have a little bit of a break before the holiday crunch time comes in. So we're we've been talking about a way to celebrate with our employees because we wouldn't be here without <laughs> those cry. people. You know, we wouldn't be here without uh, the support of 
I'm crying too. Uh, uh, some of our friends that have helped us out. So sometime in early November, we'll definitely uh, yeah. pop some corks. And you know, that's the thing is we can be so focused on moving forward and what's the next big thing and what are all of these, you know, what's happening that we don't stop to celebrate. And so you have this beautiful opportunity to celebrate an amazing milestone in your business. And, and I'm curious, do you... Do you take that time to reflect as part of your business on those little wins, big wins, you know, the big, the little that are happening in your business? I think we we do celebrate the little wins. Um, we do. Uh, and whether that's bringing in lunch and telling everybody, hey, this, you know, we got this great new client. This is what it means. This is how... Uh, how it's going to evolve, you know, that's all, and we do, we celebrate the little things, it's, um, we just, we've been so heads down, I think that I didn't realize we had gotten to this big milestone, <laughs> honestly, like, wow, Kurt kept saying, you know, I think we're going to reach this milestone, I'm like, yeah, no, no, <laughs> suddenly here we are, and, um, it's amazing, I just, uh, and we, like Kurt said, we couldn't have done it without, everybody on the team working towards it so at the same time it's a it's a celebration and then it's back to work yeah because uh now you know the momentum the momentum is greater we're going faster and so we got to keep the wheels on so what does that look like um for that forward moving you know you you are at that place and i think how Actually, let's just stop. Tell me a little bit about um, the Founder Made Discovery Show and what that impact uh, you hope to have in your business. Well, the Founder Made Discovery Show, uh, we went to, we attended that for the first time last year. And that was when we had um, just launched the CBD and Honey uh, line. And so we were hoping to get in front of buyers, get in front of influencers, get in front of the media. And it was, um, you know, we met a lot of uh, folks and that has helped us in terms of getting social media mentions. And so that has helped. Um, this year, we're excited to launch the rebrand because we're going to have a completely, a complete new look. We're going to have brand new products to showcase. And so again, it's, um, it's kind of, I see it as a jumping point into the really big indie brand business. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of media. So the Founder Made Show is, is really about influencers media and uh, industry uh, uh, like big big brands that are looking at retail stores and things like partnerships that. potentially some great partner opportunities for us and it's it's a very intimate uh, experience it's mm -hmm. not a really big one it's a one-day show only and so it's an opportunity and it's very highly curated in terms of who's attending and who's uh, uh, exhibiting and so it's a great opportunity for us to be able to showcase this. Your show here helps in many ways. And so we're, we're just super pumped about it. And we have this huge list of things <laughs> that we have to get done. But interestingly enough, last year when we attended, I think there were maybe three CBD companies. This year, I think there's probably more than 10. Yeah. Wow. So, as you know, I said before, this, this segment is really exploding. Um, so we are very fortunate in that we started early, if you consider, you know, a year ago early. Um, <laughs> but we're here in the United States with the farm bill passing in December. We knew that, you know, Pandora's box was going to open and everybody was going to jump into the fray. So here we are. And so we'll see how we all differentiate from each other because it's uh, pretty interesting when you have pretty much, you know, similar products and how everybody is approaching the market with them. And how right now do you see what is your competitive difference? Um, again, it's going back to what I was saying before. Uh, one of our bigger, comp biggest competitor difference is that we manufacture everything. Um, we're doing this interview in the facility where we make handcraft all our balms and salves and oils and everything. We have another facility right next door where we, we create all the bath bombs ourselves. 
And then we have a third where we do all the shipping and receiving. So we have complete control from the production, from the sourcing of the materials to the production to the shipping. And, um, you know, where a lot of other folks are coming into this private labeling uh, somebody else's product. They don't even know how products are made. They just want to be with the buzz, where the buzz is and where they think they're going to get that dollar. You know, we've been doing this for 13 years, but again, we're, we're in it for the right reasons. We get amazing testimonials from folks um, that we're helping, that our products are helping, and that's what keeps us going. But, um, you know, that's a big differentiator. In fact, now we have a lot of companies coming to us to private label our products um, because they are of high quality. And so we're starting to get into that a little bit. Wonderful. That is a perfect opportunity for us to just take a quick break. And I'll be back in uh, just a few minutes. It's Sarah Roach-Lewis with Breakthrough talking to Martha and Kurt. This is where you go. Okay. Welcome back. It's uh, Sarah and Martha here. And uh, so, you know, Martha, I was reading your blog yesterday, and one of the stories uh, that I read was this experience that you had in the 70s in a sales job, you know, mm-hmm. and you were ambitious and you wanted to, uh, you wanted to have a job um, doing sales for a radio station. And when you asked your employer, he said, sure, if you sleep with me first. Yeah. (laughs) Such a gross story. um, And really, um, you know, not uncommon. I've heard this Mm -hmm. uh, many times over the years. I'd love to hear from you, Martha, where you see the challenges that you faced in your career as a woman and, and a little bit about what those, you know, there's joys and challenges to everything. So what are the the joys of it? And what are some of those challenges you faced? Right. Yeah, no, you know, we're lucky in that laws have changed, um, Mm -hmm. that the Me Too movement has come about because growing up um, in the 70s and 80s in the workforce, it was very challenging. And I, I, you know, I've worked in male-dominated industries. The radio station, of course, back then, it was a fun environment. Everybody, you know, wanted to have fun. And that's, I think that's where that sales rep, the sales manager was coming from. But then getting into technology at that time, it was very male oriented. The women in technology were either secretaries and that's how I started. I was a secretary and eventually was able to move up into marketing. But, you know, it, you didn't have a lot of technicians. It was just uh, primarily male. All the managers were men. And so that in itself, you know, we'd go to meetings uh, with IBM and it was all gray suits you know, in the conference rooms. And so that's what I grew up. Later on, I, when I was um, working with my friend, helping build his technology company, I was visiting um, prisons and jails all across the nation. It was a technology base for public safety. And, you know, going into these locations, of course, it was primarily male um, working um, the facilities. And there was always comments, right? Um, and one, in fact, within that own comp- that company itself, we were in a large um, sales meeting, and I was the lead sales for the company, and that's why my friend asked to come and help him because I knew how to get sales done. You know, somebody blurted out, "Who are you sleeping with?" And I'm like, you know, in front of everybody. Not only was it embarrassing, I was the only female in the room. But, you know, everybody looks at you. It's like, really? Seriously? Um, That was, that, I did, I was just speechless at that point. But, um, you know, we've gotten over that. And I love it that a lot more women are becoming managers, are 
becoming presidents of company. You know, there, there's not this stigma anymore that we have to be secretaries, that, you know, we're only good at decorating or whatever. So um, I'm excited. And especially in this industry, there's a lot of women that have had this desire in building their own brands and are now taking those steps. And I belong to a lot of women's groups um, that, you know, on Facebook or um, just in our community. And it's awesome when we get together and we're able to help each other, pump each other up and give each other advice and not be it so competitive. It's more of how can I help you? And, and that's, you know, that has changed significantly over the years. And I love that that's happening now. Me too. And what are some of those ways that you actively work to support other women in business who are, who are along that path? You know, it, it, well, funny thing, uh, just this morning when I was out for my walk, uh, we have a neighbor who's actually jumping into the CBD business as well. So they're going to become our competitor. And normally, you know, people would think, oh, you don't want to help them whatsoever. But we stopped and we chatted for quite a while. And she said, Martha, how do you do this? How do I do that? You know, and we stood there for 30 minutes. And I said, okay, this is, you know, this is how we began. This is where to go. And I gave her information and it was a great conversation. I don't see it as competition. I see it as co-opetition. We can all help each other. And so whenever anybody asks me to help, um, find a source or how did you do that? I'm more than willing to help because, you know, some people will think, well, you're giving all your secrets away. Well, no, it's helping somebody else. And trust me, it's not like they're going to suddenly, it takes a take off. It, it takes time, you know, getting into business. You have to be patient. You have to understand that it's going to take a lot more than what you anticipated in terms of funding. You know, you have to, reinvest what you put into it and you know you have to work 24 7 sometimes and we all need that support i'm here to help you and i love that about the women community that you know i've i'm hanging out with now and have you been able to find uh women who are helping you out you know you're you're helping women reaching back who's reaching back to help you Oh, sure. Um, here in our own community, you know, there's a, there are groups that I can call upon and I'll say, okay, I'm, this is, you know, I'm looking for somebody that's, that can help guide me in buying equipment. Sure. And, oh, this is who I worked with, you know, because here in our community, we have other entrepreneurs that have built companies, similar industries, but when you're looking for, let's say, creating labels or, you know, printing labels or where do you source bottles because we're in wine country. So everybody needs those type of things. I can just call, you know, one of these women that are working there and they're more than happy to help. Oh, that's so great, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah, it is. And I, I, I love your evolution from your roots being really competitive. And that's, you know, when you talked at the beginning of this, that that's sort of what fueled that desire. And, and that that has evolved to this idea about co-opetition, I think you just mm -hmm. said. Yes, co-opetition. That's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really neat word even. Um, and so tell me, Martha, what do you see as sort of your greatest strengths in your business? And, and where are those areas where you still feel that you need to grow? My greatest strengths are um, just jumping in and doing it. Uh, you know, Kurt likes to say that I'm the one that jumps off the cliff and he's the one that catches me. But uh, <laughs> so that, you know, that can be a strength and it can be a weakness too. Uh, so I have to learn patience because when I think of an idea, I said, okay, now I want to create this. I just want to go in and start doing it. I said, okay, uh, put it on the website. And it's like, oh no, that you have to have a plan behind this. There's a launch plan and a, you know, a release plan and a photo shoot. And I'm like, what? Just do it. Um, <laughs> so what's the big deal? So that's my biggest weakness is that I just don't have patience for that. You know, <laughs> I just want to do it. 
Yeah, which is why you're an entrepreneur, right? Yes, and yes, and that in itself is a curse because you know people say, well, what's your next, what are you going to do after you retire? I'm like, oh, well, I have this idea. <laughs> because <laughs> I you know I've, I've started several companies actually so it's it's been fun and so what are those rockets of desire that you're shooting out now you know you're going to this um this event if you look at you, you know the cbds have really taken off um not only for your own business as a market in general um where do you, you know, where do you hope to see that your business grow and build from here? What's the next milestone? Uh, the next milestone, I say, is um, in, a, in, a, in a couple of years, and that is for Kurt and I to be able to go on a road trip during the summer, doing events, educating people while our team is taking care of everything here in the office. You know, we don't have to worry about that. And so um, that's what, that's our goal is just, you know, being able to get away and have everything, um, everybody working and keeping the, the business going without us. Mm. Yeah, such a, that's such a, a great place to be moving toward. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're setting up the things right now to make sure that that happens, hey? I have three years. I, I want to do this before I'm 65. Okay. <laughs> that's excellent. Um, and tell me, uh, just as we're wrapping up, um, what do you know to be true that others don't believe yet? Oh, that there is life um, after death. <laughs> I don't know. I, I believe in spirituality. I believe in the universe. I believe that people are, are kind. You know? Yeah. And that's what's helped you, you know, guide this business along. And I truly believe in karma, too. And that, that always comes back, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, we're very fortunate in that our good karma comes back. So as we start to wrap up, uh, you know, I, I hear you talking a lot. You, you guys have talked about the boundaries um, that you try to create and, you know, the hard work that goes into this. What are the things that Martha does to treat herself or, you know, what do you do in terms of your own taking care of you? My self-care. Your self-care. Well, yeah. Um, you know, I was so focused on the company for so long and the business for so long that I actually let myself go, you know, the last several years. And so this year, I, I put it out there that I'm going to start taking care of myself. So now I walk every morning. I've been walking every morning and I love it because um, it just gives me so much energy during the day. Um, the other thing that I love doing is coming in on weekends and working on formulations. I mean, I just love, it's like I'm thinking constantly and I get ideas while I walk. So that's amazing. You know, I, I see a plant or whatever. I'm like, ah, okay, I'm going to add that to the next recipe. I love doing that. And then, of course, my most favorite thing is going junking. Do you know what that is? No, <laughs> I'd like tell to go me to junk store. I'd like to go to junk stores, flea markets and things like that and just look at rusty things I love rust you know anything that's old and rusty I love and so that's a big passion of mine too what brings you joy that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah listen Marcia I, I I wish you all the best in uh you know in the founders made discovery show thank you and in what is coming up for for both of you and for your company I thank am, you so much I'm so grateful that we've had this chance to talk today. So tell me um, and our listeners, if people want to learn more um, or purchase your product, where can they find you? Our website is lifeelements.com. There's two E's in the middle. And uh, on Instagram, we're life.elements. And on Facebook, we're lifeelements. So, uh, yes. 
Well, perfect. And uh, we'll make sure to note that in the show notes as well. So people can click through Mm -hmm. as well. And uh, I just want to wrap up by saying, uh, you know, not only thank you to you, but while you're out there on the interwebs, um, feel free to stop and check out my website as well. Um, When you're there, you're able to sign up for my newsletter, where we uh, where I highlight some of the women who are on my podcast, as well as some of the stuff that I'm doing in my own business. I've created a workshop uh, that I've run live a number of times and it's now on demand called 90 for 90. And what that will allow you to do is create a plan for your business at 90 minutes um, to plan out the next 90 days. And, uh, you know, it's it's works really well. Um, it's, it's simple and effective. And so I encourage you to go and check it out. One of the things that I love about it is that it includes a call with me to to confirm your plan afterwards and there's nothing I love more than talking about people's businesses so certainly feel free to check that out and I just want to leave you with a final thought you are ambitious and growing your business you are juggling and managing the work and the life things I spent this past weekend with my friend Susan in Boston and you'll remember Susan from the first episode of my show we had a delightful time we went um, do a really amazing workshop. We had lots of laughs. We shot out rockets of desire for our business and our lives. As good island girls, we went to the water and hung out on the waterfront for a while. And so while our whole weekend was actually pretty chill and pretty relaxing, we intentionally decided to make Sunday an even more relaxing day. And so for that, for us, that included buying and learning how to put on fake eyelashes, which was a hoot. Um, we, we prioritized getting to the airport in plenty of time. Uh, while when we got there, we had a great time creating customer transformation statements for Susan's upcoming advertising campaign while we hung out at the gate. So, you know, it's just that idea that taking time for yourself is critically important. And I know that not every weekend can include a girls weekend. I do know that you can and should take as much time for yourself as you possibly can. And listen, I get it. I went through a very long phase of feeling like I didn't have time for that foolishness of self-care, rolling my eyes at the thought. Um, That's why if you're not prioritizing yourself, you need to start small. Seriously, even if it's five minutes of deep breathing, listening to a guided meditation, taking a page from Martha's book and going for a walk each morning. It's really, really worth it. And I think for us to remember that when we're building these businesses, as we've heard from Martha today, it's a long haul, 13 years to become an overnight success. And so we have to take care of ourselves in order to take care of our business and take care of all of those other things that we need to do in our life. So for those of you who are doing it, keep on doing it, my friend. You know, it's, you know that the benefits are there and bring a friend on your walk with you. Give, you know, uh, we do walk and talks. So call your friend and say, let's go for a walk, even if you don't live in the same city. And finally, I do want to wrap up and say thank you again to Martha and to Kurt. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll subscribe where you listen to podcasts or join us here again next week on Voice America Network. My name is Sarah Roach-Lewis and you've been listening to Breakthrough. Thank you for tuning in to Breakthrough. Be sure to join Sarah Roach-Lewis again with another inspiring interview next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.